Coming to you live from inside the Utopia compound. It's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who just wants some damn ramen noodle soup. Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our continuing coverage of the first week. Premiere week is over of Utopia. And Kurt Clark and I are here. Here he is. He is the man who's the tabulator who can tell us how ev- how much everybody in Utopia should be getting from the stipend. Here he is, Kurt Clark. Hey there, how's it going? Kurt, v- very excited to be talking to you about the Utopia today. Yeah, you know, this is Utopia. Let's make a brand new start, according to the theme song. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we realized on Sunday night that the theme song was recorded by Daughtry, not the winner of Survivor Vanuatu, but the fifth place finisher on American Idol 5. I didn't actually realize that until you just said that. <laughs> yeah, Daughtry. They brought out the big guns on Fox. Wow. You know, I guess, you know, is this a future um, element of the American Idol winner's purse that they can look forward to uh, down the road? Casting the, you know, maybe someone gets to sing the, the theme song to I Want to Marry Harry Part 2 uh, when that comes back around. <laughs> but Daughtry didn't win. Oh, that's right. That's so right. this is a consolation prize. Yes. So it's a consolation prize. They took away his first name, and now he recorded the theme song for Utopia. Okay, so we're going to talk about everything that happened on Tuesday night and Friday night because it was an eventful week. You know, we think that we have it bad following the global politics around the world over like all of the stuff going on in the Middle East and ISIS and uh, all of this stuff. But really, all of those problems pale in comparison to the drama and social politics happening in Utopia. Yeah, it's the majority of the Utopians versus the Utopia state of freedom. And, you know, how are they going to handle the garden? It's lots of agro-politics going on. So a lot to to pack here. So there's a lot of stuff going on. We'll tackle everything that happened. We had our first uh, quit on Utopia. And so we'll talk about what happened there. And also uh, which of the two people we'd like to see stick around in Utopia. Okay, Kurt? So let's go ahead and let's talk about it. And um, I guess we should talk about our top stories here. And then we'll dig in a bit more. Uh, Dave is gone at this hour. He quit. And then he wrote a letter and he wanted to come back. And ultimately, he's gone. Do you think Dave being gone is a good thing or a bad thing overall for the TV show of Utopia? It's a bad thing. It's It's definitely a net loss in terms of uh, bringing because right now you've just got red trying to maybe cause a ruckus on his own. But the the, the red and Dave duo uh, was good TV. It was getting a little bit much, though. It was like every other scene was red and Dave flipping out about something. And I don't know how much more we could have taken of that. I could have taken more than one week, though. Yes. I, I, it, like, at least until... like we, we know that each month, one person leaves and one person comes in. Uh, we don't know exactly the mechanism by which somebody leaves. If there's a council vote, if the home audience picks somebody. I would have at least liked to have seen Dave last until then. It felt a little bit like a season of Big Brother, where it was like, oh, Dave and Red are the power alliance in the house, and they have all the power, and then everybody else got back together and voted them out. Like It was almost like Dave was kind of like a Devin early on in Utopia, and then everybody had to band together and get him out of the thing, even though he ultimately ended up quitting, and I'm really not sure why. 
Uh, yeah, it, it <laughs> seemed like, okay, I'm trying, <laughs> let me go back to the notes here. I believe that he quit, um, because, uh, he, you know what? I'm really, I'm really not sure to be completely honest. I think it was the <laughs> banana incident. I think that the banana incident was the last straw. You know what? You are, you're right. Yeah. That actually I have my, in my notes section, Dave walks right after banana gate. Yeah, so his banana etiquette is not on point. Unfortunately, that somebody borrowed four of yeah. the bananas, and uh, he wanted to be repaid, even though they did not ultimately have enough bananas. He would have taken four bananas, an apple, and an orange in exchange for the six bananas. But the, the math just did not add up. It really turns out that it was not purely uh, bananas to bananas, Uh it was apples to oranges do not apparently equal bananas. Right. He needed all six bananas lent out back, and they only had four. And he was just yeah, – I had, I had in my notes – it was something that we actually started, uh, Mallory and I, during our Big Brother UK coverage, a little section called What Would an, what would an Adult Say? <laughs> and and like, I think the proper response from Dave here when he heard that they only had four bananas to return to him would have been, you know what, that's fine. And actually, if you want to swap in an orange and an apple for the two bananas or something else, we'd even be down for that. Yeah. I mean, there's a proper, mature response that you can give. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Dave was just way too high strung. I, I agree. It was it was good. But the guy was a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it didn't sound I, I don't know how long the madness could have continued. Like I said, I still would have liked to see him in there for at least another couple of weeks. We only what was actually only three episodes of Dave it did feel like several weeks of Dave. <laughs> Uh, what would have been the difference if instead of Dave, if Brandon Hans had been cast for this spot in Utopia uh, instead of he, Fifth Avenue Dave? He, he kind of, you know, Brandon, I think, would have had some of the same ups and downs, but I don't know if they would have been as extreme. I think uh, Brandon was fueled a lot by paranoia and in a game where you don't actually get voted out every three days, I think that he wouldn't have had those fa- flames fanned as much. Do we know what Brandon Hans's opinion is on ramen noodle soup? I'm guessing it's probably the first thing on the grocery list every week. <laughs> also, while Red and Dave said that they needed to be eating rice and beans, uh, Brandon Hans is liable to pee in the rice and dump out all the beans. True. He he's he's not big on the carbs, um, uh, in terms of the rice, and yeah, just not, not sure. Didn't seem like there was a lot of, of beans. Maybe he would have been a fan of pickled radishes, though. We don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The uh, one of the bigger things also that's developed here in Utopia is a bit of class warfare, where we have the elite people who are the very healthy organic food eaters. And then there are the lower class people who just want to eat junk food. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, it, and I know that the show termed it class warfare, but is it really class warfare? Or are we kind of like trying to blow this up to be something other than it? It's just you know, Red and Dave don't want other people telling them what to do with their money from a food perspective. They know what they like. They know what they can get by eating on. And, and like if I was in their situation, I'd be... You know what? Aaron's a cook. 
he's used to like making a little bit of food go a long way in terms of like where you know his his past and i'm going to trust him and they want to spend their their money on mountain dew and doritos yeah it's almost like that there is a group of people that wants to go shopping at whole foods for the utopia food budget and then there is another group of people that like want to just go to 7-eleven and yeah. get whatever's whatever's cheapest there because that stuff tastes good and is cheap yeah and i don't even know if it's beca- i don't think it's because it's cheapest because they're they're two-person food bill was maybe $20 <laughs> less than the the 12-person food bill. So again, I think, in, and I don't know if it's so much uh, Whole Foods as it is like just, you know, basic, you know, staples and fruits and vegetables. I mean, you're not getting the, the uh, you know, the, the all organic, but yet still a brand name uh, food. It's like they're getting like, you know, the rice and the pickled radishes and like kind of the, the no brand name stuff that seemed to be a little bit more farm fresh, but mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't think that they've necessarily thought through the entire reality of cutting themselves off economically from the rest of the group in terms <laughs> of what other resources they then won't have access to. Yeah. Um, what would you side with Kurt? Would you want to eat with the true utopias, utopia proper and eat things like quinoa and sprouts and radishes and horseradishes? I'm not sure if horseradishes were really ever in the mix. I think that might have just been a a bit of telephone game where um, they were ordering (laughs) radishes and those somehow became horseradishes. Or would you side with the guys from the uh what is it the united united state of utopia state of freedom utopia state of freedom usf usf are you in utopia state of freedom uh so utopia state of freedom and they eat chips and cookies and all sorts of they make hamburgers and eat ramen noodle soup now, what I would want, like what my body would probably be aching for is more of the uh, USF diet. But I would also see the, this as like, getting in the spirit of the, of the quote-unquote game. And I'd, I'd be willing to, there's people out there who know a lot more about nutrition and cooking than I do. I would actually leave it in their hands and be a willing follower from, from that perspective. Uh, so I would gladly eat the the quinoa and the sprouts and the uh the radishes slash pickled radishes slash horseradishes <laughs> yeah you know you would have liked to at least seen dave and red say you know okay let me try what you're making here yeah <laughs> like, no way we don't want it <laughs> i know i know what's good prison food i like prison food <laughs> i know what i like i was like well, okay i don't think i don't know if you can buy that yeah um but, uh, yeah, I, it, they didn't want to even give it a shot. And then they started the, the, the whole destroying of food. Um, and then I like that after Aaron got off the phone, he said, guys, I was just pricing everything. And you guys completely flipped out. <laughs> I was like, that was actually kind of nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. Kurt, what would you rather have, prison food or utopia food? I'm still going to lean towards utopia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless there was a prison chef in there. Yeah. Then, like, again, I'm, I'm putting... I really like what Aaron said uh, during the middle of a freakout last Sunday where he has a very specific area of knowledge and just like he's going to rely and completely trust in some of the other people from an electricity and plumbing perspective, 
he wants people to respect him and to trust him when it comes to the food preparation perspective. And that's something I would completely be willing to do. And like, if, it, if it's not something that I am going to have a direct part in producing, I will gladly rely on the expertise of somebody else. Okay. And also we have some relationships also heating up. We have Bree and Chris, uh, who are Briss now. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> and then also, it looks like Mike and Dedeker. Yep. Okay. And which reunion will be more awkward uh, when they get home? Uh, Christine, when she comes home from Big Brother and is reunited with her husband, Tim, or Dedeker, when she comes home from Utopia with her two boyfriends and a girlfriend? I'm going to have to go with uh, the Christine situation potentially being more awkward. I mean, she's not, I think the whole, the fact that Dedeker is in a polyamorous relationship uh, is already kind of opened the gates for that. I don't know to what extent she's, I think she's been open about that to the, to the group. Um, uh, so, so, so Mike knows uh, of the waters in which he is dipping his toe, so to speak. He, Whoa. He, he knows who else has been swimming in that pool. Um, but, I, I, yeah, it's have to say that the, the the Christine thing is probably going to at least have a longer sit down conversation. Yeah, I'd like to know more about the polyamorous thing. Is it like because in my mind, it's sort of like okay, well, this is the group. This is it. You got four. You got four people. There's, there should yeah. be nothing you need to go outside of this group for. But now, if she's bringing in another guy, I feel like that's chaos. And is is she like the chairperson, and she's the only person who can bring new people into the committee, or do the other people in the relationship back home have the power to nominate additional members of the board? Yeah, that's like its own utopia <laughs> yeah. state of freedom. Yes. So I don't. Know don't about forget. That. Don't for, don't forget the relationship between Bella and Josh. That is also. Oh blooming. yes, the blooming relationship. Uh, Bella's a crazy person, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, let's just real quick go let's go through the cast i want to identify how many people are a crazy person okay right. so i'll give you the person you tell me yeah yes or no okay and if they're on the fence we'll say no okay okay uh so i'd like to get a real sense of sane people to insane people on utopia jonathan uh sane yes i think he's uh you know people may not agree with his views on things but i think that at the end of the day he's uh sane enough can we have like a watch list that's like somebody that's in between and you have to kind of keep an eye on them yes okay good because there's right. a couple of things coming up <laughs> aaron the chef sane okay i'd have um you know he's teetering towards the watch list that he has i mean when he told red he's gonna put him in the ground last week is that what he said yeah but that was that you know what the fact that he, he was went provoked. through tuesday the fact that he went through tuesday Fine and Friday fine. I, that, that's why I don't have him on the watch list. Okay, Bella, uh, uh, insane. Or we've gone crazy. Okay, Bree, uh, sane. Yes, I'll say. Chris, uh, sane. Okay, Dedeker, uh, sane. Okay, actually, so this list is coming out. Okay, it seems like maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's just Red and Dave and oh no, and Bella. Okay, okay. Hex, sane, sane. Okay. I think so. Well, okay, to, to be fair, I think the only person that's there that I would put on the watch list then would be Nikki. Nikki. The new age, the new age yoga, uh, Dr. Nikki, uh, tantric sex. I, there's something a little, I have a question mark in my head about her. Yeah. 
I have uh, no issue with her. Why is why do you say she might be crazy? I don't know. It was like something at the end of the episode uh, from Friday where like there was like a long conversation between her and Dave, and she was saying uh, uh, this. Some of the things that she was saying to him uh, about you know his position in the universe. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that I still have a big question mark about the whole new age thing. New age thing. Um, I'm not sure where she stands in relationship to a lot of people. So I, I just have my eye on her. Um, and then maybe even put uh, Rob on the watch list only because he's got a very short temper. I think, no pun, no pun uh, yeah, I think I would put him officially on the insane list. Rob? Yeah, I think the insane list, I think it's Rob, Red, uh, Dave, the, you know, may he rest in peace. Uh, and Bella. Bella. Yeah, I think those are the insane people. Right. Okay. And, I'll give I'll give you Rob on the insane list if we can keep Nikki on the watch list. And yeah, and Josh came <laughs> back, but I think he's still on probation. Yeah, he's on probation. That's yeah. like a whole other. <laughs> okay, so that's what's uh, going on with the insane people. Let's talk about some of the moments from the episode. Uh, lots to talk about the utopia state of freedom. Kurt, could you give me the pros and cons of seceding in the utopia state of freedom? Uh, the pros uh, you have just a you know about four hundred dollars to your name <laughs> yes I was trying to, yeah as as the tabulator i i'm doing a really poor job of figuring out what one one fourteenth or i don't know if they're even like counting as one fourteenth or one fifteenth because i'm not sure if they're saying well the person that's supposed to come in gets i guess gets their share so um so what i don't know what one fifteenth of four of five thousand would be but and what about uh, you have your every own- new person that comes in every month is it just like when a new person comes in next month, is like, yeah, the person last month spent all of your one fifteenth, so there's no money left for you. At the way at the rate they're going, um, I'm pretty sure that they're not going to be that five thousand dollars is going to be gone by the time a new uh, a new person comes in. In terms of the whole swap thing, yeah. Although, well, though it does look like they already have a replacement for Dave. <laughs> coming in next week yes the replacement for dave looks like he might be uh, a hunky guy to come in and sort of uh soften up the image of the show they dipped into the big brother casting pool yes now kurt i'm doing some math here and again i i'm no tabulator myself but they have five thousand dollars right yeah and i was just trying to completely do it in my head so what did what did you what did you get and we're gonna let's say let's divide it by 14 people let's not even make it for 15 okay Okay. Okay. So five thousand divided by fourteen is three hundred fifty-seven per person. Yes. Okay. So I'm not sure where these guys ended up with uh, a number in the four hundreds. Maybe that was that potentially combined, or did they? T- I don't know. I thought they took four hundred each. Oh. Maybe they didn't couldn't make change. Maybe it was all hundred dollar bills and they rounded up. Okay. That that could have been it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so Utopia's state of freedom—that's uh, the thing. Is that catchy, USF? No, no. The fact that we've like stumbled over it seven times already is—I think it—it's one of those things where Red named it, and he was going around telling everybody about it, and I think everybody just immediately sensed that our best response to this is to just nod and smile and let him name it whatever he wants to name it. Yeah. I don't really understand how the utopia state of freedom works. It's just like, we're going to still live with you guys. Like I could understand if they sort of like, just like sectioned off like one 14th of the land 
and <laughs> just like made like their own or two fourteenths of the land and just made their own camp there and had their own barbecue. But they basically are just still living with everybody else and still using whatever other resources, right? And they just took like one fourteenth or two fourteenths of the money. Yeah, it kind of started to fall apart when they got quizzed on the details of how that would specifically work. Like, you know, we saw in the second part of the episode that there was a, you know, $500 was, I think, spent on a fridge. Uh, <clears throat> and then there was like money spent on piping and plumbing. Uh, and, you know, that, I don't get the sense that, that those public works funds came from uh, Red or, or Dave at, at any point. So not really sure how they're planning on that working specifically. Um, but real red was saying that he was still planning on, you know, providing manpower and labor around camp. So, uh, the, the compound apparently is going to get some, some, some help from red. Did you like how the show made comparisons of the American civil war comparing this, uh, schism in utopia of Dave, Dave and red wanting to secede from utopia proper to the American civil war? Uh, no. <laughs> like, I think, you know, the host at one point said that, you know, this is more than two centuries of history in a week in, in the <laughs> utopia. And I'm like, that might be overstating things a little bit. Um, you've got two pe No, maybe it might be a little bit more like Quebec always trying to secede from Canada. I don't know. I so, um, but I, I don't know enough about, like, politics is probably the, the one of the the things I'm least versed in, so... Red also compared this to the uh, colonial times of this is like the 13 colonies uh, trying to secede from Great Britain. Uh, no taxation without representation. And uh, again, I just feel like these comparisons are really, really uh, um, exactly as they happened in history. I think that there's no better way to study the history of the world than to follow utopia. Right. I mean, I've, I've been learning a lot by watching drunk history on comedy central, <laughs> but I, I think they could have a spinoff called red history. Uh, All right. and, and it would do just as well. So if we're going to, uh, basically, uh, teach history through utopia, who would Abraham Lincoln be? Um, <laughs> oh God. that would be Mike. <laughs> Um, I don't know because he's, he's, he's starting to get a little antagonistic. <laughs> um, I, I really, I really, really liked how, uh, at the, at the end of the Friday episode, he kind of says to, you know, they, they, there was a discussion around whether or not there was a microwave and whether they should, they, whether they should bring a microwave into utopia. And then he pretty much says, um, once Bella walks away, we may want to consider if I might've started that microwave conversation on purpose. <laughs> Like he's purposefully trying to to, to to rile things up. So I wouldn't say that that's uh, that that would necessarily be Mike. If I had to look at the people here, um, I, I guess potentially if it's like a you know Hex has actually been acting as a pretty good peacemaker. Okay. Um. And and, and so potentially Hex. She, right. She's our our Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, then if we want to look at it from the red and Dave side of things is red almost like the George Washington of this equation. Um, 
See, now I'm trying to, okay, because right now, did you realize that Abraham Lincoln and George Washington weren't contemporary? No, no, I'm saying, well, I'm using the two analogies that were made of the the, Civil War and then also the the seceding from the 13 colonies and the uh, American uh, Revolutionary War. Um, Will we one day see a painting? We've got a 50-50 shot at that, so I'm going to say sure, it would be red over Dave. Yeah, I think that maybe we could have a painting of red crossing the Utopia Lake. He was in the boat a lot this week. <laughs> so, all right. So that's what's going on with the uh, Utopia State of Freedom. And so, also, we had uh, some fighting going on between uh, Rob and Red also over all of this. And Rob is a libertarian. You would think that he would be more into uh, sort of the uh, more individual rights. Yeah, I, I like that Red called him a stupid little short man. And Rob's like, you're like an inch taller than me. Yeah, and they hugged it out. They hugged it out. So more issues with the nudity, Kurt. And uh, I know this was one of the things that you had a big problem with, all of the nudity happening on the lake in Utopia, where it seems like, uh, is it Dedeker and Nikki and and, um, Hex? Hex Hex gets in there on occasion, I think. I don't know if Bree does or not. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of look at the 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 uh, the, the Dedeker, Hex, and uh, Nikki as being the the three primary proponents of uh, topless society. Yeah, they are the the topless trinity. Yes. <laughs> and of all people, Aaron has an issue with this, and he says he doesn't want to see her ass. Yeah, and I I couldn't tell so much if it was uh, that he was bothered by it. Or if he was trying to, you know, represent Jonathan uh, in in terms of what he kind of felt Jonathan's perspective might be. I would not have had that in my Utopia predictions for the season. Aaron telling the girls to stay clothes? Yes, I would not have thought that. <laughs> and and uh, I don't want to see Hex's ass. Is, is this is this our platform for getting Aaron to leave the compound if we do get a public vote? <laughs> Aaron must go. go. Aaron must yeah. go. Are there? Are, are, we need people outside the gates with bullhorns, like in, uh, in, in Big Brother. <laughs> Aaron is America's saboteur. <laughs> get him out of there. Aaron, his sister is Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so and it ultimately made and I felt it made Hex feel. I liked Hex's approach to him, saying, "You know what? It's she feel you make me feel like I'm just you know sh, you know just here to give a TNA show. That's not, you make me feel bad about myself, and that's not why I do it." Yeah. So one of the biggest hot button issues in Utopia. There's the whole Utopia state of freedom. There is the who should be naked and when should we not be naked. So these are the, the big issues dealing that we're dealing with on Utopia. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and pretty much anything Bella touches. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say. And then the other big issue <laughs> is uh, the use of chicken tractor. And right. uh, is that an or, acceptable practice? Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about the transporter or the tractor? <laughs> well, there was talk about the tractor first. And yes. then there was also confusion about like, wait, didn't we already get that? Like, no, 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 no. No, we still need to get that. Now, are they buying the chicken tractor and transporter or it already was there? Um, so the chicken, from what I understand, they're going to be building the chicken tractor. Uh, tractor is an inc- think Think of it literally like tract as in tract of land. So it's like a, a corral that around a bit of the garden. It's basically a, a small fence that the chickens will walk around within 
within the garden, but it's easily movable so they can then cover a different area of the garden. But you still have to get the chickens from their pen uh, for their, or their coop to the garden. And then that's why Josh is building a chicken transporter. And it looks like they found a disused uh, cart of some sort that he is adapting to to transport the chickens to the tractor. Okay. And so, again, lots of fighting going on with all the stuff about uh, anything having to do with the chickens. What has occurred about chickens on reality TV? Why do they always lead to so many problems for reality TV contestants? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you know, there's, they're kind of a surrogate for children <laughs> while they're well, on the show. Um, you know, it, it was it's actually pretty funny because I was this someone in the uh, the comment section of the of the first show said that you know basically that I think it, it was Linda Baron Levine said that uh, that you know comparing Utopia to Kid Nation, and I believe that they had chicken issues on Kid Nation as well. So uh, it, there's not a lot of difference between Utopia and Kid Nation. Chickens are still an issue in both worlds, whether uh, you have mature kids or immature adults running it. <laughs> okay, so also Bree and Chris are heating up uh, more and more, and you know Chris's like line to Bree is like, uh, "Man, like this is the longest I've ever gone without having sex." <laughs> Man, must be nice. Must be nice, Chris. What is he in Utopia for like six days? Yeah, if that. Yeah, six days. Not not even a full week at this point. Uh, uh, but he knows about things heating up because he is a chili farmer. I thought he was a musician, but maybe he uh, he he does a little bit of both. Man, I bet. talk about first world problems. Oh man, it's been six days since I've had right. sex. Yeah, followed by his follow up his follow follow up pickup line of I don't think there are any cameras in the uh in the horse stall yes <laughs> or the, the, the or the in the in the cow poke can i interest you in a roll in the hay yes <laughs> literally yep <laughs> so they get the electricity on and that was big right yeah okay so um are they paying utility bills in utopia are they getting a monthly phone bill or electricity bill or water bill no i don't think so i don't think they get any sort of utility bills uh, then that, that must be picked up by the producers because it's coming from somewhere. <laughs> it's coming from somewhere. That's the four ninety nine a month you're paying for when you get the Utopia Plus live feeds. You have to pay their utility uh, okay. bills. Our fees subsidize their utilities. Yes. yes. Okay, I understand. But I feel like the Utopia people should get some money for that, right? Uh, you know, actually, it, it's funny. I was actually you know talking to I I, I work for a uh, a large uh, consumer products company, and I was like asking one of my coworkers like. So can we like just donate stuff to Utopia? Oh, you're <laughs> like, so nice, Kurt. Do- well, they just take donations from around the world because they do get mail, it seems. Yes, and and they can get deliveries. And, and you know, they were talking about you know they really wanted to get electricity because, and this is actually something they were talking about in the live feeds during the the, the first day, the the one and only day I watched them, is that if they had electricity, they could have access to the internet, and then they could actually order stuff really cheap or get free things from Craigslist. Um, uh, you know, peruse missed connections, I suppose, but, but really get, uh, but no, they could, they could, they could use the internet to get like really easy, free and cheap stuff. And I'm, I'm wondering if they said that they can receive mail there. Can, can they get free deliveries? Yeah. Do you think that the people from Utopia will be pre-ordering an iPhone six? Uh, you know what? Only if they first uh, are able to get podcasts and internet news and learn that it actually exists. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, so we start to have uh, Red and Dave hatch a plan. 
Is this the heist? The heist. <laughs> they are going to break into the safe and they are going to steal the money to secede <laughs> from Utopia. And I'm not sure exactly why they even need a safe because it seems like everybody knows the combination to the safe. Well, yeah. It, although it seemed like at maybe one point they had to kind of, that he had to go get it and like write it on his hand or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a heist that has to take place, unfortunately, in two parts because they, yeah, not the best bank robbers in the world. Well, they actually get caught by Bella, who well, apparently they really, really don't. <laughs> doesn't, who doesn't realize that they're actually taking the money out of the safe. Um, and she's too busy thinking about chicken-related things. Yeah, tip one, have a lookout. Tip two, if you can't have a lookout, make sure the only person who comes upon you is Bella. <laughs> yes. And then after the words, Bella then goes into talking to herself about how tough she has it and she needs to be tough and is talking to her dog Simba and having sort of a vision quest of the dog licking her face. Lots of that, Lots of more affirmations from Bella. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, then we get into where we're making the food order on the phone. And that's really one of the most annoying things in the world. If you are like uh, talking to somebody on the phone and somebody's like, "Oh, ask if they have. Uh, can you see? Can you see if they if they have uh, a? a uh, can you get me a sprite? Do they have that? Can you ask them about like? Uh, oh, could, uh, did you tell them no onions on mine? And this is the equivalent of that because Dave wants basically a giant box of ramen noodles. Very cheap. I'm not sure why they don't say. Oh, okay, good. I got that. Okay. And yeah, and that was oh, in terms in terms of I think Aaron was the one that he was was on the phone, right? Yeah. You think Aaron should have uh, acknowledged him? <laughs> I think Aaron could have probably said, "Okay, fine, fine." Yeah. You get your ramen noodles and then shut up. Yes, it's only two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more than two bucks. I think it's more than two dollars. But I, I do like the ramen noodles, Kurt. Uh, you know, on occasion, it, like, if you get home from the bar, it's just a nice little, nice little pick me up. It's a nice little thing to have. It's like a hug. It's like a hug for your stomach. Yes. <laughs> that being said, though, uh, like in college, it's the it's a good idea, but you all you have is like those things that sort of heat up water. So you kind of <laughs> have that, and then it's sort of like a tricky thing of how do you cook the the noodles because then it's like it sucks to kind of clean that thing. Yeah. So nobody's really ever figured out a good system for that. Especially in Utopia. Especially in Utopia. Unless they and, get their microwave. <laughs> yes, uh, and especially in uh, Cayuga Hall, where uh, we wrestled with that issue for uh, many nights. Did they allow hot plates in Cayuga Hall? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think that was allowed. They were kind of banned. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also that it's not just the noodles that Dave wants. It's also the seasoning. He's going to use the rest of that ramen noodles seasoning on other stuff too. This is like an Iron Chef episode. <laughs> <laughs> Never even thought of that, of putting the seasoning from ramen noodles on other stuff. Kurt, use the whole packet on a ramen noodle. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, see, I try to go, uh, I say, oh, let me just use half. You're, you're heart healthy though. <laughs> I, I'm decadent. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I still, I still don't, I still don't get how one of the flavors is Oriental flavor. I'm, I'm just not going to go deep into that one. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Now, Kurt, would you ever consider? We've established that you're a rebel. Would you ever uh, eat ramen noodles from the microwave and then put the whole packet of flavor seasoning on it? Oh God, no, no. I'm, I'm a, uh, 
I'm a uh, stovetop loyalist when it comes to how I make my ramen. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, so no, I, I could not possibly microwave my ramen. That that's that's just isn't, that just doesn't do it. That'd be sacrilege. And, think, be, yes. and you're avoiding all the toxins. Oh, exactly. That's <laughs> you know, that's the that's the main reason I don't microwave my ramen: the uh, radiation and the toxins. <laughs> Dave also threatened, "Hey, if you don't get me ramen noodles." I'm going to break the phone. That's my word, homie. Has anybody ever gotten this mad about ramen noodles in the history of the world? Um, me, uh, June 22nd of this past year, I really wanted some. Um, wasn't going to break a phone for it. Now, uh, I actually, this actually gave, like, made me stop and think. This was, I think, this was like the tipping point in the conversation because I really began to think, what would they do if they broke the phone, because that really is their lifeline for getting in touch with the outside world. Like, I don't know if production would replace it. Um, we saw that when we had a couple of Newtopians come in, they, uh, they brought some things with them with one of them potentially being a replacement phone down the road. But I was actually really interested to see what would happen if he would a follow through on breaking the phone and B what the ramifications would be in terms of him staying there and B just the status of the phone moving forward. I would have liked to have heard the narration of that after after it happened. It's like, well, Dave really wanted those ramen noodles. And so he decided to break the telephone because he didn't get any of those delicious ramen noodles. This harkens back to the invention of the telephone <laughs> where 20 seconds after it was done, Alexander Graham Bell's assistant threatened to stomp on it because he didn't get his crackers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> This is like this is like imitating history. It's repeating itself. We just Yes, yes. And so after that, then the battle lines were drawn. The narrator set set this up that this is going to happen. And the first battle it, between the USF and Utopia proper happened when Dave and Red started stomping on all the canned goods. Yeah, it was like whack-a-mole with tuna cans. It was not uh and I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I think it was Mark, uh, sorry, Mike that was there at the time. Our, our, our I think lawyer. It was, yeah, yours is Mike. Yeah. And he, he basically, he basically, you know, called him out saying, you do realize now that you owe money for destroying the food to everybody else. <laughs> and that's going to come out. And, yeah. um, and at some point in this whole thing, and I think shortly after that, Aaron basically yelled at them and admitted, guys, I was just pricing things. I wasn't ordering anything. Um, which I thought was priceless. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, Mike was pretty calm during the whole thing. He was just kind of like, uh, yeah, guys, guys, come on. Guys, uh, really, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah, guys, please, please. And so it was a real victory for the USF. <laughs> yes. Um, and they were like really like self-congratulatory, like no more pickle horseradish for anybody. How's that <laughs> supposed to feed people? How are you going to feed people with sprouts? Like they're really just really patting each other on the back for it, what they did. Yeah. It was like, it was like Aaron just handed them their political platform on which to campaign. <laughs> yes. And also uh, red makes a good point. How's anybody supposed to eat a radish when they have no teeth? Oh, there you go. Yeah, so the ramen noodles might be good for him. Yeah, it's, it's something that nice and soft that you can gum on. <laughs> that's that's right. So we go back to more stuff with Bella after this, and she is uh, still working on the uh, the chicken tractor idea, but she feels like she really has an advocate in Josh, and he's just like, whatever. 
<laughs> and she's I'm, like, falls I'm in love with him. Jo- I'm liking Josh more and more that now that he's, it's, it's, it's bad that I'm liking him just because of the difference in reality between his feelings for Bella and her perceived, uh, the perceived feelings that Bella thinks he has for him. But, uh, and thinking if she was worried when he say that, you know, if they don't worry, if they touch you, we'll just call the police. It's like, oh, I love you, Josh. Yeah. Like, uh, he did. He did name it the chick, the chick Shaw, instead of the, which was I thought clever. <laughs> yeah, that was clever. Josh had a big turnaround. He's like one of my favorite people on the show. Yeah. I mean, it might just go to show that the bar is low for yeah, my favorite low, people on the show. Bar. It is a low bar. But I feel like the whole Josh and Bella thing is a little bit of a uh, Gina Marie and Nick Uhas thing. <laughs> but without Josh having the pleasure of being miles and miles away from her. That's right. Not yet. Not yet. And so red and Dave, they, is this when they actually get their groceries ordered? Well, we saw first the grocery delivery to Aaron, uh, which was $154 and 77 cents. And then, uh, shortly after that, uh, you know, there was, we, they, you know, they actually succeeded in, in cracking the safe uh, when, in their second attempt once they figured out the difference between clockwise and counterclockwise. And they took their portion of money. And uh, after Dave, you know, further told people that he was indigenous to this land, uh, they bought their own groceries for $134.83. So $20 difference between feeding 12 people and feeding two people. Yes. Um, do you think that Dave knows what the word indigenous means? Um, I'm going to say yes. I just think he's deluded, not, uh, not, I think he's getting the definition right. I just think he's deluded into thinking that he's actually, uh, 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 he's speaking figuratively. Let me put it that way. You think so? I'm hoping. I think so. I don't think that he feels he actually, you know, that he and his, uh, is a, a, a native born to, uh, that five acres. Because his name is Fifth Avenue Dave. <laughs> so by definition, he yeah, cannot possibly be indigenous to Utopia. Unless he was born Bye. in Utopia, and then his parents, who he never really got to know, t- took him to Fifth Ave. And that's, that's right, you know. He, he may be our first bi-indigenous uh, <laughs> uh, contestant. Did he also say he was aboriginal? I, th- I think at one point he might have. <laughs> Again, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I don't think he's using that correctly. You keep saying this word, I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, but Red and Dave, I feel like they do have a good point in that uh, maybe they should be consulted on the budget because they're poor and they know how to make the food budget stretch far. True. But that's I don't know if, any, if anybody would want to eat what they eat. It's between, yeah, and I don't, that is true as well. <laughs> I, I, I get the feeling that Aaron is also good at that, but he, I think there needs to be a lot more of people potentially listening to each other in Utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Aaron's the biggest violator of that. I think Bella is. Uh, but um, yeah, they, they, if, if people have ideas, you have to, I think, give, at least give them some, some place to air them. And, you know, they pointed out, I think in Friday's episode, there really is no structure like, to this. Literally it's, it's, it's day by day. There's, it doesn't sound like there's a, okay, you know, every Tuesday we're going to have a place where you can air your grievances. It's like, you know, Festivus Day. But uh, uh, there, there's no, I mean, they are getting a lot, of, there's a lot of kind of just foundational things that need to be done. You know, they're still trying to get the plumbing done. They're still trying to get the electricity wired. There's a lot of these, these basic things uh, like, you know, getting fire and, you know, and water 
on, on Survivor. And maybe once they get this done, then they'll worry a little bit more about the actual governmental infrastructure of the, of the, the society. So once Red and Dave got their food, I felt like uh, they were really trying to use this as a recruiting tool to build up the numbers of the Utopia State of Freedom. They were sort of like the guys outside the school, like in the van, like, uh, like, hey, little boy, you want some candy? Oh, look what I got over here. Why don't you come on down here and try some of this? You want chips? You want cookies? Yeah, and and, and it worked a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so we get, well, I think that, you know, John saw in them some kind of, so John is the, again, the, the, the preacher kind of saw in them some lost souls looking for guidance. And he, he had already bonded with, with, uh, with red quite a bit over, uh, you know, over their beliefs. Um, and, you know, and Dave's been kind of up and down and back and forth on specifically what he believes, but I think John sees in them some people that he can guide. And then, you know, Chris and Bree are kind of like the young, the young co-eds who are just like, Hey, barbecue. Sure. We'll come over. Yeah. Um, and then Amanda is just eating for two, so she's going to go wherever she needs to. Yeah, Bree and Chris are sort of like the people like that go to the timeshare presentation, like just for the free breakfast. Like they want to eat, but they don't yes. really. They're not really interested in joining the Utopia State of Freedom. Oh yeah, I, I got a four day cruise for sitting through a timeshare you know, meeting. It's rough. So I can completely it's, understand that. Yeah, it's it rough. Is. It's not always worth it. No, but the uh, what what I didn't. So I know that like Bella was really turned off by this. Josh was even turned off by this. But some of like the like for instance, the rationale Bella was using was was that um, that's you know, that's just despicable. That's really unhealthy food. And and for me, it's like it, for me, it'd be more of a conservation argument in terms of you know they just blew you know one hundred and thirty dollars, one hundred and fifty dollars on a bunch of junk food that's going to last them for four days. And we need to make this last and stretch. And so I think arguing from the health perspective wasn't as persuasive to me as much as we need to do this wisely and smartly. That would, would have been more of the perspective I would have gone at it from if yeah. I was saying, here's why I'm not getting involved over there. But at the same time, if they're offering up the free food but not asking for anything in return, uh, then yeah, more power to you. Yeah, but is anybody doing anything smartly on Utopia? Um. In terms of getting stuff done and like making like progress on infrastructure, uh, I'd say yes. They've gotten the you know water hooked up now. They've gotten electricity hooked up now. I even think that uh, you know with I haven't seen a full menu and plans for the food, but I think Aaron has kind of a process for that. But in in terms of uh, place to putting anything in any sort of institution in their long term that's going to actually help them survive a year. Uh, they haven't really gotten to that point yet. But, you know, it's been, uh, we've seen a week, and I think they've been, they've been in there probably just over a, a couple weeks. So I'm not sure. I don't know what, what's going to happen yet. Okay. So we have some time spent together with Briss. And Briss is going to go up into the hay- hayloft yes. and uh, for their roll in the hay what i thought was interesting here was they get up there and so uh breathe like steps in poop on the way up there yeah yeah but does that doesn't matter to her and that is a woman who uh knows what she wants doesn't matter to chris doesn't matter to her yeah that does not matter Uh, i i could tell you right now if i went somewhere with my wife and uh, she stepped in in cow poop that would be the end of the date it would not it would not proceed like uh no big deal yeah, you you might even hear about it for a couple of days to come. <laughs> yeah, and it would be and it would be your fault. <laughs> yes, and so they get up to the hayloft, and uh, right before 
uh, the festivities begin. Uh, Bree has a question for for Chris. I missed the question. She says, uh, "Would now be a good time to define oh. our relationship?" Yeah, <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> like, uh, you got to think the the answer to that question was uh, like, let's talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Like, are you looking for a short one word answer or do I need to, is this, is this an essay question? Yes. Yeah. Can I have this in multiple choice, please? That seems like a bit of entrapment there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, there's not much place he can go anyway. So yeah. Um, but it was interesting though, that there was a scene where they had Chris and Bree together, where it was like showing like how into Chris Bree is. And the guys were talking that Chris said they had asked like, well, what's going to happen if the hotter girl shows up at Utopia and Chris allegedly said, this is hearsay, uh, but Chris allegedly said that he would go after the hotter girl. Yeah, well, <laughs> spoiler alert, didn't happen this month. <laughs> Did not happen this month. <laughs> okay, so then we have, uh, we're getting ready for some new people are going to come. Yeah, the Newtopians. The Newtopians. Uh, can you give us the quick scouting report on these two people? Yeah, and I think at this point, Utopia has started uh, identifying people by a one or two word descriptor and then their first name. So we've got contractor Josh, Patriot Rob, welcome to the party, entrepreneur Kristen, and tea party organizer Rhonda. Um, so we kind of learn a little bit more about Rhonda first. She considers herself very innovative. She's a very DIY person. She's, she's taken a lot upon herself uh, in terms of like just you know getting stuff done around her house. She's an umpire and a baseball coach for her son. Uh, Tries and she says she she tries not to bring politics into things, which is interesting given that they've identified her as a Tea Party organizer. But she admittedly says to people that when people first meet her, they don't like her, and but they do eventually warm up to her. Versus uh, Kristen, she's coming to the table from the perspective of you guys need money to survive, and I'm here to a be a force of positivity and unification, uh, but at the same time bringing my you know business acumen to the table to help figure out how can we actually start to turn a profit on some things because right now it's just a, a one-way flow in terms of where the money is going yeah and so what kind of businesses do you think that they should be starting in utopia uh maybe they could become internet moguls like frankie um <laughs> i don't know i, don't know. I <laughs> mean is the idea they're going to create like produce and then they're going to sell like stuff off the land is that what we're expecting let's them the, to do let's hope the fda gets involved in that <laughs> i'm not really sure like i don't know for some reason it's like just the mental picture in my mind is they're going to sell candles i don't know why that's my like default thing for like the one thing they could do maybe they could sell candles um I have no idea if they're going what they could, what what their money making even options are. Um, so I'll be interested to see where that goes because yeah, right now it seems it really is a outflow. I mean, they can maybe become to some extent with 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 vegetables a little bit self sustaining, but it's not like they're going to you know buy the uh, parts to make a chocolate factory or something. I don't Ooh. know. Well, that sounds very good. This gets a Moompa Loompa shipped in, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But I thought it is really interesting because, like, you see when people are making arguments, at least early on in Survivor, why should they say they should stay? It's like you know they're they're a provider, and they always talk about they either the ones that are providing fish or the ones that always you know get the firewood or the water. You never really get to see on any reality show until now the argument of you guys should keep me or want me here because I can come up with ways to make money for us to survive. 
So yeah. that I thought was kind of an interesting twist on things. Well, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's some things going on, including the setup of Dave's Barbershop. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is that I don't know. I'm, I was really wondering if Dave was going to say, and then I can start charging, if Dave was going to start charging people for haircuts because <laughs> that isn't really bringing money into Utopia. Yeah. And like what we don't know is if people can't like, can they bring in like we see that that outsiders are allowed onto the land to deliver things. Um, it's not. I mean, yeah, grocery folks can come up to the front door, but even then, like when the, I think the the dishwasher or the refrigerator was delivered, the truck was driven onto the property and people helped lo- unload it. So I'm wondering if um, could could Dave have actually started a utopian hair salon where people from the outside could come in and pay to get their hair cut? I, I don't know what the what the word so is. So it that. would be like fans of Utopia could come in and get their hair cut. Like, see, I. My question is about with how much can they utilize the fact that they're on TV and on the live feeds and say, like, on the live feeds, could they say, like, hey, we're, we're selling this thing here today, uh, you know, Dave's painting that he made for $100. If anybody wants to come buy it, uh, you know, call, call just- this number and then go ahead and do that. I, I mean... I, I feel like production would not allow that, but yeah, starting an eBay account. <laughs> yeah. Instead of auctioning it after they get off the show, auctioning it during the show. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure what the, uh, what the rules are. I mean, they'd have to somehow they. I mean, they're ordering in what they spent $500 on a refrigerator and about $750 on pipes and a toilet and other plumbing. I, you know, they could, they could buy a, a, a computer. Um, they've got dial up. <laughs> yeah so they should maybe cons- consider that yeah could they like buy a computer and then be like day trading uh yeah but you know maybe they then like one of the people that comes in has should be like a a stockbroker or something <laughs> that does that a little bit it's like we're rich we did it <laughs> uh where did Bernie go? Like, I, we gave him all of our money, and suddenly he just disappeared. <laughs> I mean, could they start a PayPal account? I mean, could they do uh, something like that, like where people could, you know, send them money? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think that we'd, we'd have to wait and see. But I think I think we're a bit away from them, um, right? I, I don't think they would consider yet at this point, at least the, the computer being one of the staples. And I'm not sure how much money they're going to have left. But I we'll we'll see what they end up doing, and if they do have that that level of a connection with the outside world. I'm, I'm still interested to see, you know, you know, how are they going to be getting their bills and, uh, and, you know, just what's going to be happening, uh, you know, just in, in the, in the short term. But I think we're, we're a bit away from them being hooked up to the internet, I think. Okay. So when we get the barbershop going, we have Dave giving pastor Jonathan a haircut and pastor Jonathan springs it on him is like, well, you know, I'm going to trade you, uh, the haircut for, I'm going to baptize you. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And I think, you know, Dave seemed down with that. Right. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe other people, uh, you might want to, uh, let them know ahead of time. <laughs> ahead of time. Um, and that really seems to be that Dave's, uh, that Jonathan's actually getting everything from that, that, uh, from that situation. It's like, so Dave, so, but Jay, Jonathan's perspective is he lets Dave cut his hair and shave him, and in yes. exchange, he will baptize him. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> I will say though, with like no glasses and a haircut and a shave, Jonathan like dropped about ten years in age. Yeah, like he looked a lot younger 
like immediately post post Dave Salon. Yeah, he looked good. Um, so it, I'm trying to think of what this would be like if you know I went to go to Supercuts and when they yeah. told me like, okay, that'll be uh, seventeen dollars or whatever. It's gotten expensive. It's not, and it's not really that <laughs> super. Um, it's not nearly as good as Dave's Barbershop. I don't, I don't yeah. uh, look that much younger. And so when they go to pay me, I'm I say, okay, well, I'll you know accept uh as payment for from me the haircut that you've got to listen to my podcast now <laughs> yes yeah, so that uh, in exchange uh, for cutting my hair you'll i'll let you play my podcast over your speakers to your public patrons <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know well maybe maybe that hey maybe pastor jonathan maybe does he get paid money to baptize people I don't know if it works like if he works on commission. <laughs> I, well, I don't think he gets commission, but I guess you have to pay money to have somebody. Ba- if you want to get baptized, is that like thirty bucks? I'm guessing that. Okay, and again, just like I'm, I'm not the uh, the the biggest uh, 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 religious expert here. I'm guessing that they would encourage a donation to the church. Yes, and well, <laughs> Nicole and I we baptized our son. Uh, we had a. Uh, back when we were in New York in December and we had to give a donation to the church, but yeah. it wasn't like, you know, we gave the, you know, the priest money. So I don't really know where the donation was going. So I don't know. I'm not sure if that's a, an apples to bananas to oranges. <laughs> the apples to Robin comparison. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of which we had the banana trade going on. And so yeah. in the banana trade, uh, so what, what exactly happened okay. here? That, uh, can so, you explain this transaction? I went back and watched this sequence twice just so I could wrap my head around it. So uh, the day before groceries were delivered, uh, the Utopia State of Freedom lent Amanda six bananas. Okay. With Amanda knowing, well, we have a pound of bananas coming in tomorrow. Uh, and so when they delivered that pound of Amanda's, a uh, pound of <laughs> Amanda's, a pound of bananas, uh, Amanda, like she had thought that, you know, there would be, it would be about six bananas. So when the bananas actually get delivered, there are four small bananas, not six bananas. And Dave wants his payment back immediately. We need all six bananas back tonight. And Amanda's like, well, I can give you four bananas because they delivered four bananas, but you have to wait for the other two. No, we need our six bananas tonight or six bana- or four bananas and an apple and an orange. Uh, and that ended up just kind of spiraling completely out of control. Um, again, that, that goes back to the, the game of what would an adult say, and it's definitely uh, not a game that Dave plays well. Uh, but he, yeah, he takes on Amanda, and then like Hex gets involved trying to calm him down, and he starts going off on Hex and telling her how she was just as much to blame for yeah. the night, night one shenanigans. She'd get her boyfriend beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, <laughs> that, 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 that would, yeah. And... <laughs> And of course, Rhonda, one of the Newtopians, is watching this whole thing, wondering, is this sort of thing normal? And of course, we all nod, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for the new people. Yeah, I was like, where do we look? And you know, they're, they're at, you know, at that vote where they're trying to say who's good, where they have to stand before. It, it looks like the, the vote's coming next on like, which of them stays. I'm wondering if either of them are just wishing that they could just run at this point. Yeah, they're like, uh, can I just get the check? Can we just get the check and get out of here? Thank you. Yeah. So, Kurt, what is the banana transaction? If I borrow six bananas from you, do I actually owe you seven bananas in return? Is there interest on the bananas? 
Uh, you know, for me, we're friends. I would give you an interest-free loan, um, but I would not turn away, hey, here's the six bananas I owe you, and by the way, thanks, here's an orange. Yeah. Um, I think that's the unspoken agreement. There's some like just little you know thank you fee associated. We don't call it a tax. We don't call it interest. It's a thank you fee. Okay. Uh, what about like six ripe bananas versus six green bananas? Is that sort of like you know a stock that hasn't really matured yet? Like, do I would I trade you like two ripe bananas today for six green bananas that I can't eat? But if I wait, um, I would have actually. You know, I think where they actually went wrong was uh, selling by the piece and not by the weight. Um, ah. I think in case, in case of the because they were ordered by Amanda by the weight. Um, in terms of green bananas, I'd say uh, you because you do have it's not that immediate gratification. I don't. I, I would say to you, um, I can take the unripe bananas in exchange for the ripe bananas. But uh, if, if you could, uh, because I have to wait a little bit longer and my time is worth something, if you could potentially give me seven unripe bananas. Yeah. Kurt, I like the bananas that are really almost to the point where they're rotten. You like the brown bananas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I like that. You know, I don't want to eat anything that's like mushy or, or anything, but I, I let it get like dangerously close. This is, your, this is your crispy rice thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's your equivalent of crispy rice. I like no, my bananas because brown. I, think, I feel like Rob would, would not want to eat. Like, I'll eat a, a, more, a less ripe banana if I had to, but I wouldn't oh, be crazy okay. about it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to put my foot down about it. All right. You're, so, a little more fle- you're a little bit more flexible in your banana needs. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so th- at this point, Dave's out. Yeah. And yeah, I, I like Mike's. I like that John was saying that he was going to baptize him, and Mike's response is pretty much, I think we actually have to do an exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get a little bit of the utopia catchphrase, which uh, you and I were touched on right before we came on to start recording. That there's a lot of like, you know, when, when you see something you like, you walk by and you say, now that's my utopia. And yes. if there's something that you reject that's happening, you say, hey, that's not my utopia. Right. <laughs> and Bella is the biggest proponent of this phrase, uh, usually in the negative. I don't think we're surprised. Yeah, like, oh, pizza's here. Hey, hey that's, that's my, my utopia. utopia. <laughs> like, oh, like, uh, like uh, somebody spilled soda. Like, well, this is not my utopia right there. I'll tell you that right now. That could be a, a fun game down the road for future <laughs> episodes. Is it pick pick a pick a cast member and then list of things. It, it's a, it's like Nicole's old zeros zeros and ones. Uh, <laughs> is, is this is this Bella's utopia or is this not in Bella's utopia? <laughs> Microwaves not in Bella's utopia. Yeah, that's two contractors definitely Bella's utopia. Josh it. definitely. That's right. Um, I think it would be funny if somebody got on Big Brother seventeen next summer and then just all summer long is like, hey, now that's my utopia. <laughs> I think it would be very fun. Uh, okay. no, one, no one's been making glass house references on there, so I'm not sure if it's going to jump. <laughs> <laughs> what would be a glass house reference? Um, Other than primetime Alex Stein. I'm casting my rock in your direction. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they said? That's how they voted. They had to like pretend to throw a rock. They pretend to throw a rock. Name or something. What was the name of the computer? What was the Ori. name? <laughs> Ori. I'm sad that I was able to pull that out of my pocket before you even finished the question. <laughs> very quickly. Short, short for Oracle. Very short for Oracle. Okay, so Dave leaves, and then there's like a huge party after Dave is gone. I think it was a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
Yeah. Everyone's like, now this is my utopia. (laughs) (laughs) It it seemed, I don't know, it, it seemed a little primal. Like I was expecting, I don't know, like a sacrifice to be led into the middle of the circle at one point. There was just this, this weird overtone to it that I thought it was going to get out of hand in a really bad way. But it actually, no, it was a normal dance party, a little hoedown. Yeah. And, well, I'll leave the, I won't touch the uh, hoedown part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Kurt, I, I was a little annoyed with the previews on on this because like, kind coming up on Utopia. And they like show you like like five different things. And it's like, uh, like and then later it's like guys we got a letter it's dave he wants to come back and then like and then still later and then like there's dave being baptized i'm like whoa <laughs> Why, they, don't, they don't bury they don't bury the lead either <laughs> yeah and it's like i know that ultimately he did come back but it wasn't him staying but i'm like well why are you letting the air out of the balloon of is dave gonna come back and then show me dave back yeah that's why i i, I did catch that as well i that's why i tend to I, I, it, it's pretty for me. It's I learn pretty early on, depending on the show, whether or not I want to forward, fast forward on my DVR past those moments on the, the, the kind of the coming up after the break. I usually fast forward past those because more often than not, it's an instance like this where they completely spell out what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, we also get another fight between uh, Bella and the Tea Party Lady, which uh, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rhonda was trying to help and Bella was micromanaging it. And actually it sounded like Rhonda wanted to kind of, well, no, let's talk about this. And, and Bella's like, no, you have a temper. I'm not going to talk to you. And then, you know what? I'm just going to walk away. And, you know, Bree tried to explain things to her and Bella's like, that's not part of my utopia. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not my utopia. But you know what is Josh giving her a dose of reality. She appreciated him telling her that sometimes she needs to just you know kiss up to people a little bit and listen yeah i, I don't think listening is kissing up but uh he it seems like if, if he's the go-to person for dealing with bella now regard and he's probably not that happy about it yeah um and you would think on paper uh you know doomsday prepper and uh and tea party activists uh, you would think that that it's gonna it's gonna work out but it's really it's that if anything bella is a very liberal doomsday prepper survivalist which uh again i may be speaking at at a school here i feel like uh you think typically socially would be in the opposite direction most of the uh doomsday prepper but she's the the very like liberal um doomsday prepper survivalist in my doomsday, I don't have to deal with other people. Yeah, she's an yeah. environmentalist doomsday prepper. Yeah. Yeah, so I, again, I think that maybe she's a more, that's more of a misnomer, a doomsday prepper. She's just somebody yeah. who's like wants to live off the grid and sort yeah. of like that. Whereas, and, and she said during, I think, during the Sunday episode that uh, she's been labeled a doomsday prepper before, but she considers herself to be more like you're describing her in terms of like semi-survivalist, semi uh, this thing you're trying to get off the grid and just to to live more efficiently. Yeah, animal right activist and, and stuff like that. So unless you're a chicken, unless then you get thrown in the tractor. Then you have to work <laughs> for your keep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then we are getting some new appliances. Also, we get a what do they get? A refrigerator? They get a stove? <laughs> uh, they got a fridge. Yes. I, I didn't see. I didn't see a stove. They, they, they I don't think they have a stove because they were debating a microwave. I think but... they did get a stove. I think okay. they got a range. Oh, they, I missed that then. Uh, I know that the, the fridge cost $500. Hey, um, I just got a fridge. They got a good deal. They got a good deal? Okay. 
They've, yeah. And they've got, at this point, uh, $3,350 left. They're, they're doing okay, especially because, uh, I mean, did Dave give his money back? I'm guessing not. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, Dave, this was like a long con that Dave got on Utopia, Fifth Avenue Dave, to walk off with 400 bucks. Uh, yeah, he, he, he got his money. He got, took his money and ran. <laughs> what sort of stipend do you think that they're getting for being on Utopia? Like, you got to imagine that they're being compensated for being on this show. Like, people can't just walk away and then, like, they need to pay their rent and, and what, whatever. How much money do you think people are getting to be on Utopia? Uh, I have absolutely no perspective on it. You may be able to answer this better than I, than I can, but I, I have no perspective, especially because it's not the sort of show where uh, you know some people are on it for longer and receive differing stipends based on their presence on the show. I mean, typically, I mean, we could easily see you know a year from now if if, if we're still in Utopia, um, you've got you know fourteen, fifteen people there now. I would not be surprised if you know seven, eight or eight of them are still there and the rest of them are newbies. But yeah. I, I honestly no idea. I think on Big Brother, I think the stipend, I, I want to say it's like $750 a week. I know that's what it was. I'm not sure if they've ever increased it. I mean, that's not a crazy amount of prize money. I mean, if you're a young person, you're like just out of college, I mean, that's pretty good. And, there's, and, and certainly, um, I think it's higher than the national average for a salary, but it's not like, you know, you're, you know, seven fifty a week. It's like, man, I'm making, I'm making bank, you know, right, I'm, right. Uh, look, look, I'm living, living large seven fifty a week. But so I got to think that they're making more than that. I mean, you have people who are sort of like professional people like Mike, who's an attorney. Um, I can't imagine he's going to cool, you know, just walk away from his law practice for, what would be, you know, uh, a year of like a third of his salary or something like that? Yeah, I don't. I think, and, and at least from um, for, from my experience, uh, I know, you know, if there's somebody who's a little bit more entrenched in a career, at least you do have a little bit more flexibility to talk about sabbaticals and taking a leave versus completely just quitting your job. Especially if you're uh, kind of entrenched in the company, maybe that's something that that Michael did. But you think that you know, if it was a high enough stipend, if you then you think that somebody or would have thought to have made that argument to Dave to keep him there. The fact that he's probably, you know, if he's just out of prison and he's currently unemployed and homeless, you think that a, 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 a healthy stipend would actually keep him there. Yeah. Okay. Well, Dave is going to write a letter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, dear guys, right. uh, what do you think of Dave's letter? Um, I, I I pretty much had the same reaction to it that Rob did. To be completely like, honest, no, like, no, 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 no way. Yeah, and I'm like production told Dave to do this, right? <laughs> right. I don't think that Dave is a letter writing kind of guy. <laughs> Cor- correct. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the interesting thing about this show not having confessionals is that production isn't there to, you know, ask questions in the diary room about, now what would be the upside of Dave coming back? We've talked a lot about the downside, but I'd like to hear you talk about the upside. I mean, there, there is no production presence to get people to swayed to get Dave back. It's pretty much, nah, he burns his bridge. For people they, in, in Utopia, why would they want Dave yeah. back? I think yeah. that he kind of, like, was an earnest kind of like, a, he's like, yeah, guys, I'm really sorry. I've changed my ways. And it's sort of like, and I, th- I think that they kind of just don't want to be jerks to him. I think that they're probably just want to be like, all right, I'll give you another chance. But they just had to say like, no, yeah. no. And, 
and yeah, and they were saying there was, and I think, and I, and it's, I think the, the point that there that there's no production presence in a diary room like setting to persuade them to vote to keep him. Uh, there was no way that he was going to stay. Yeah, I, there, there was no outside influence, and it was nice that they did have two votes. Okay, first of all, let's vote on will he will we let him come back and live here? And it seemed like it was at least a two thirds or three fourths majority of no. And then the second vote was well, can he come back? but just to be baptized and to say his goodbyes. And that seemed to be almost all the same people were like agreeing to that. Yeah. So, but that's like that, that creates for an awkward moment. Then. Yes. And I think I'm a big two strike guy. You know, it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't think you need three strikes. I think it's like, okay, you get to make one mistake. And then after that, then I think second time it's like, okay, well, you're, you're out. And I think that Dave was well past the two strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, strike one was the crate task from day one. Yeah. Uh, you know, strike two would have been the, well, gosh, I'm getting them conf- confused with Dave at some points. Well, he uh, also had gotten, he got into oh. the big fight with Josh on the first night. And then uh, he had yeah. a couple other, a couple other meltdowns. Uh, he talked red off the ledge a couple times though. Yeah. Well, I think then it was like, I think strike two was also the, uh, the shopping list incident. And then yeah. here we had strike three with the bananas. <laughs> yes. So that, that was it for Dave. We, we kind of know what Dave's deal is. And so he ends up uh, coming back to be baptized. Uh, were you uh, moved emotionally by the baptism of Dave? Uh, Fifth Avenue Dave? No. But I also wasn't like, eye rolling and let's move on with it. I was like, okay, this is, is what it is. It was interesting to watch. I was more interested in seeing how other people were going to react, um, but I was pretty neutral on it. Yeah. Okay, so next time on Utopia, we're going to vote in one of the two women. Uh, do we want to endorse somebody? I think that by the live feeds, uh, they are one of them is already in Utopia. Um, I would have picked... Gosh, it's, 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 it's interesting because... Kristen or Rhonda? Right. So, uh, Rhonda entrepreneur, the- entrepreneur, Kristen or tea party organizer, Rhonda, <laughs> let's yeah. get their, let's get their descriptors. Um, if I was living there, I would probably want Kristen in cause she seems less, uh, divisive. Uh, if I was watching the show, which I am, and I was maybe hoping for more drama, I would vote for Rhonda to go in. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure. And I'm sure, I'm not sure which way that I would, be swinging at, at this point i would say in, in terms of just having somebody on there that i can root for i guess i would say Kristen. <laughs> all right Kristen. let me just tell you some interesting things about her bio oh uh, i didn't even check that out she's 23 and in a relationship her occupation is a former burlesque clothing company owner okay so uh i think i know where that's going is, is that going to be our uh our uh our, our business model here <laughs> I don't know. Here's how we will make money. <laughs> Although I, the, but she says that she's most likely, I guess she's seen the show. She's most likely to lose her mind listening to Nikki and her national, her natural enemies are liveabouts and music festival attendees. So I think we have some of those. <laughs> I've never heard that as kind of a uh, pet peeve or who wouldn't you want to see in the house? Musical festival attendees. <laughs> I actually like that as a response. It's very unusually specific. And her behavioral quirks are Kristen has a weak bladder and pees her pants often. Hmm. Now, is that grounds for banishment from Utopia or is that okay? That, uh, that they have uh, no problem with that. 
Um, I'm guessing they're going to have no problem with it. It didn't get uh, a contestant kicked out of the Celebrity Big Brother house. Uh, <laughs> somebody, so, uh, somebody peed their pants on Celebrity Big Brother? Uh, no, she announced that she was going to pee in the pool, and then Big Brother called them to the diary room and uh, asked them if they indeed did so. And so it wasn't... Um, I can't remember who, Rochelle from Big Brother Canada. Yes. It wasn't quite uh, as dramatic uh, as dramatic as that, but uh, she was called into the diary room okay. and, and called out on it. All right. Do you want to hear about Taylor, our new hunky guy coming to Utopia? He is the prophecy of the one who saved Utopia. Uh, is is that is that what his uh, what is written in his future? Is that his yes. fate? Is that what is that what the fates are uh, have in store for him? The is one thirteenth paladin, the one true hero of Utopia, <laughs> and uh, he is there to uh, be the the one true hero that America can fall in love with. Uh, a hunky guy. Uh, he is a twenty four year old construction worker. Now, do you think he's actually a cop? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> okay, I don't think they would lie to us. Yeah, the production's always fair and even with the viewers. All right, so he's a construction worker, and his, uh, they asked him if, uh, how would he express himself in emojis. Uh, he said, bulldozer, flexing muscle, hammer. His most likely to hook up with Hex, for sure. Uh-oh. I can, I can you know what, go for it. That, that would, I, Hex needs some love in there. Yeah, and his natural enemies will be school, as well as the witch who transformed him into a younger version of Josh. What? what did, I, I don't even understand that. <laughs> he says his natural enemies are school, as well as the witch who transformed him, in parentheses, on paper, into a younger version of Josh. You know, just the brief look that we had at him at the end of the episode, I can kind of actually, looking back, I see a slight resemblance between him and Josh. <laughs> Okay. Just from my memory. And what is Taylor's Utopia, Kurt? Do you have any guess? Uh, Taylor's Utopia is um, uh, lots, of, lots of women. Well, that's close. A giant sandbox filled with Tonka trucks and a couple of pretty ladies to play trucks with. Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with Taylor and see if uh, him and Chris will be at odds for all of the women of utopia yeah we'll we'll i don't know when he when he's going in but it looks like the uh we only get utopia a couple nights a week now tuesdays and fridays so i get maybe we'll on tuesday we'll see who gets voted in to stay in utopia and maybe we'll see his entrance as well okay so a lot to talk about in utopia as usual kurt um as far as uh, Utopia goes, um, you know, it's been a story the last couple of days, the ratings on Utopia, uh, and it's been, a, it's been a struggle to this point. that They started strong on Sunday night, but then it was not as strong on Tuesday, and then again, not as strong on Friday. And I think that uh, uh, we're, I think we probably are going to be uh, at yellow alert, I think, on Utopia. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. We'll see. We'll see exactly how how it goes um, in in the future. But uh, until we hear news on it, we'll continue to c- our coverage of Utopia. Right. Um, hoping for uh, ho- hoping hoping it'll, it can stick it out a little bit more. Yes. Um, do you have any ideas for what they could be doing to uh, help Utopia spread in the hearts and minds of America? Well, they've been putting on, they've been airing, uh, and maybe I'm guessing though it's just during uh, the actual show. I like that they've been doing promos for getting people to apply for Utopia. And I was, 
I, I loved the first one they showed. Like there, there's yoga classes, boot camps, fishing, and Bella. <laughs> yes, and they did a second one with like and Red. Yeah, so um, they're they're trying to at least spread the get get more people to apply. I don't know if that's going to um, uh, you make Utopia go viral, as it were. Yeah. But uh, they, yeah. It, so I don't I don't watch a lot of Fox. So I don't know if promos like that are airing during other shows as well. So uh, we'll have, we'll have to see. Well, Kurt, we've talked about how our friends in Utopia, the pioneers, are struggling with their finances right now and uh, are down to only a few thousand dollars. But thanks to our sponsor for this episode of Rob's Podcast, our friends at Prosper.com, that in 72 hours, the pioneers could have up to $35,000 to cover their needs. How about that, Kurt? This is actually starting to sound legitimate. Do keep going. Okay. So, <laughs> Kurt, if they had up to $35,000 that they could spend uh, by going to prosper.com and taking out a peer-to-peer loan, what do you think would be the best use of that $35,000? Um, gosh. How much does a I chicken th- tractor cost first? Well, the, the chicken... <sighs> I don't know how much a chicken tractor costs. It's stationary. I'm guessing the chicken transporter is a little bit more expensive. So maybe they can invest in like a chicken Uber. A chicken Uber. Yeah, because you need just. Add, you add, need an iPhone for that. You need a, a some sort of a smartphone. They have like a dumb brick phone, uh, like a Zach Morris phone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah but some some sort some sort of uh, yeah. The, maybe, maybe they should then invest in the in like a high tech chicken tractor. Well, how much ramen noodles could you get? For $35,000? <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. Um, easily over 150,000 packs. Okay. What about a business idea? Could they start a business with this money? I just go back to candle dipping. Okay. So they could get everything they need to get the candle dipping. Uh, would people want the Utopia candles? And what would the scent be? <laughs> uh, I think it's hard to mess up a candle. So you, there's not a lot of uh, variety in the quality. Uh I think you just call the scent Utopia. Oh, okay. But what, is it, what does it smell like? It smells like Utopia. It smells it's, like... It's, uh, it's slash undefined. Yes. And then you just smell it as like, this yeah. is my Utopia. Yeah, exactly. It, it's uh, just the scents are like the name after the contestants. like Bella. Okay. X. I'm not going to get red. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, just in case you were curious, also, uh, ramen noodles are running for uh, 16 bucks for a uh, 36 pack on Amazon. So, uh, by my calculations, for $35,000, you can get uh, uh, over 2,000 packets of ramen noodles. Uh, and that'd be roughly uh, 77,000 packets of uh, ramen noodles. And that's, uh, that's uh, enough to keep you going for more than a year in Utopia, I think. And imagine all the seasoning packages. <laughs> Plus all the seasoning packets. Yeah. Uh, so with up to $35,000, you too could pay off high-rate credit cards, start a business, or do that home improvement project. What, like run electricity and plumbing uh, from the front of your property all over the place? Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing anything that sounds like that the po- folks of Utopia could not take advantage of this. I mean, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, and well, <laughs> anybody could because with Prosper, it's never been easier. You go online, answer a few questions, and see your low fixed rate in seconds. Your money hits your account in just as few as three days. Prosper is the fastest growing peer-to-peer lender, and they facilitated over $1 billion in loans to people like you. 
Now, that's my utopia, right? Now, their revolutionary platform connects people looking to borrow money with those who have money to invest. There's no outrageous fees, no raising interest rates, and you'll never have to set foot in a bank, which is perfect for the people of Utopia because they can't leave. Yeah, unless I can, maybe someone starts a, uh, starts a bank on site. Yes, could they have <laughs> some sort of a bank transport? Yeah, the... Uh, uh, the, the, there's a, a chicken bank that's in the works I think a bank on a rickshaw or, or, or would it be a bank with a chicken for the teller there you go <laughs> <laughs> like oh I'm sorry I have to go next window okay <laughs> so go to prosper.com slash RHAP to check your rate instantly without affecting your credit score for a limited time Prosper is offering Rob as a podcast listeners a $50 Visa prepaid gift card when you get a loan go to prosper.com slash R-H-A-P, up to $35,000 in just three days and a $50 gift card. Go to prosper.com slash R-H-A-P. It's better than having to raid the safe of all of your other Utopia mates uh, to get your money. And so other restrictions apply. See site for details. Gift cards issued by Center State Bank of Florida. Pursuant to license from Visa USA Incorporated, all personal loans are made by WebBank, a Utah chartered industrial bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. That's my utopia. There you go. All right, Kurt. So what do you think? Next next weekend, we'll try to get back together for uh, Utopia and talk. And then when Utopia moves to Tuesday nights, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry, when Big Brother is over, that'll free up uh, early Tuesday night for Utopia talk. Yeah, that should be pretty good. I'm, I'm out of town through Sunday, but we could probably meet up late Sunday and, and chat about this. Okay, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I we'll think that the, the Utopia news, I think, could wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kurt, we need a hashtag. Uh, hashtag pickled radish. Pickled radish. I am not eating pickled radish. It could be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I liked when Dave was talking about, like, I deal with serious people, okay? I'm not, like, joking around about what I'm going to eat. Where's my ramen noodles? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm, I, like, I am a serious, I, I deal with serious people. I, I just really wish at that point Aaron would have started quizzing him on what flavor he wanted. Yeah. Wait, wait, do you want the chicken or the creamy chicken? <laughs> oh, no, I would not. That's a bridge too far for me. I would not do the creamy uh, ramen noodles. I would love a, a regular ramen noodles. I wish I kind of wish I did have one right now. Yeah, um, my, my, my cupboards are bare. Yeah, well, uh, maybe I'll have to uh, buy it on Amazon and then uh, sh- try to hide it because I feel like Nicole would not be thrilled that uh, we have uh, our cabinet stocked with 36 packs of ramen noodles. She's taking more of the Aaron approach, I'm guessing, to the uh, the nutrition in your household, whereas you got more of the Red and Dave approach, right? <laughs> I'm a pretty healthy eater. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do use box. the microwave, though. I do use the microwave. So oh, I'm, hope, I'm hoping that uh, Bella is uh, out on a limb on that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our coverage of this week in Utopia. Here on Rob as a Podcast, you can subscribe at any time to all of our shows at Rob has a website.com slash iTunes for the iTunes feed. And uh, of course, Kurt and I just talked about the finale of the quest as well. And in addition to that, Kurt also got together with Mike Bloom to talk about once upon a time. And Kurt, what, what else do you have in the hopper? Um, we actually covered the launch night of Big Brother Australia this past Monday. And then Amy from the uh, Bachelor in Paradise podcast, she and I will be covering uh, 
Big Brother Australia each week moving forward. It's a, it's a great new season. They're playing it in pairs. Uh, one couple has already decided to starve the house so they could pocket $20,000 themselves. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it's a, a lot of fun stuff going on in the Big Brother Australia house. So uh, join us for that. And uh, we're also covering the finale of Celebrity Big Brother UK this weekend. So uh, it's kind of lots of international flavor this weekend. A lot going on. Is that the Oriental flavor? Is that? Yes. <laughs> Better than shrimp. <laughs> a lot going on. Yeah, I would not eat the seafood. I, I'm, a, I'm a beef or chicken guy. There you go. And I think maybe I might have tried the pork at one point. Oh. Can't even comment. Okay. All right. So a lot going on on the RHAP networks. Hope you guys uh, can check it all out. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.